1: And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 83, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Joining me on today's show is Grace Estepo. Grace runs Boost Your Zen, and she has helped thousands of non-meditators to decompress, to get grounded, as well as to enjoy relief and freedom from the franticness and the emotional chaos of the mind. And of course, we're busier, aren't we, as, as women leaders? So this is going to be very handy for us today grace is a hyperactive latina turned zen master go figure She's passionate about helping go-getter women claim their centered, confident selves and make decisions to support them in what they truly want. Now on today's show, Grace is going to share how we can switch off our busy mind and keep decompressed so that we actually sleep rather than toss and turn, I need help in that Grace, practical ways to turn down the noise and be more present for yourself and your loved ones, as well as keys to navigate a big life transition with ease and grace and to come back renewed for it. So welcome to the show, Grace.
0: Thank you so much for having me, it's a pleasure.
1: I think today's topic is one that is so very important for us, particularly women in leadership of our own business and even in the corporate space as well. There's often so many things on our to-do list, so many conflicting tasks, prioritization and stress that we really need to find ways, techniques to help us get centered again, to turn off all of that chaos, so that we can make clear decisions and get that uh, all important rest. So I'm really glad that uh, you came or you're coming on the show to share this. Tell us a little bit about the transition that you went through from being what you said the uh, hyperactive Latina turned Zen master. Was it situations in your life that had you come to the point where you thought, you know what, this is not working for me, or, or how did that turn out for you? What what was the transition?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it has two parts to it. On the one hand, one part of the transition was my career, and I'll tell you about that. And the other was, really, I am the product of growing up um, in circumstances that were, you know, I basically am a child of transitions. Mm -hmm. I, you know, like almost a lot of people I know, their parents got divorced. Then there was civil war in Panama for a while. My family got exiled, which means my family got split into different countries, there were just like those kinds of difficult, unexpected and not super welcome transitions Mm -hmm. where, in a way, the rug gets pulled from under you. I know, you know, we all have had at least one of those and hopefully not too many. But I literally, by the time I was 21, I had had probably five or six of those big ones. And so now looking back, I can see, you know, I'm super energetic and put me in a room full of people and I get like lit up and I have a lot of energy. And so I'm the least likely person to be teaching about Zen. Mm. And that's why I probably am relatable because the truth is I had to learn to be calm and to be steady and stable inside myself because everything around me kept kept changing. Relationships kept being forced to be separated and say goodbye to people you care about. And and, and because of all that change, I had to re- um, learn to be very flexible and very nimble. Mm-hmm. And so now I laugh, right? Now, all these years later, I've become a professional. at something that I think I was practicing all along innately, mm-hmm. sometimes doing really well at it and sometimes not doing well. And you know how they say all of our like weaknesses or th- difficulties and later we master them hopefully yes. um so that's why i'm so interested in this and um how i ended up in this field and then about five years ago the ceo of a small company where i worked he walked into my office one day and he goes hey can you do that thing you do in an offsite retreat for the executives and i go excuse me and he goes you know that thing you do It's going to be very tense at this meeting we're negotiating likely the the sale of the company and i need someone to calm things down in there Mm. so that was a an opportunity that i did not not see coming i facilitated a basically a mindfulness experience for executives all men in the room and um probably the toughest crowd i've ever facilitated in Mm -hmm. and um That changed my career. I saw what happened in the room. I saw how they treated each other afterwards. And I also experienced them being more, you know, connected to what they were trying to solve more, you know, like their brain power was Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. despite the tension in the room. And I went, hmm, there's something here inside corporations and for people who are high, high achievers. Yes. So.
1: Yeah, I love that, and it's such a great reminder of of how important it is for us to be able to get to a place where we can focus, because if we are constantly uh, at that high energy, we can make decisions which ultimately really aren't the best for us. And I don't know about you, but I was I I'm getting better at it, and I know certainly uh, I'll I'll be able to learn a lot from what you share today. But you know sometimes it's okay, gotta relax, gotta relax. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Which is really <laughs> not the point. It's like yoga. I, I need to do so much more stretching, and it's kind of like, okay. Five, four, three, two, and. It's, it's not giving you the stretch in this instant, we're talking about mindfulness of course in the mind that we really need but you said something and I think it's so important the man that you took that through and I mean let's face it if I think of my husband he's probably quite impatient you know and just to sit there and um, relax for him it's kind of okay I'm relaxed but you're kind of like no you're not um, it's so it, it's so um, what's the word I'm looking for it can make a huge difference in our approach, in our conversations, in our attitudes, which as we know, can really impact ourselves, but also our team, our customers, key stakeholders. So let's let's go through some of the steps that are so important. How can we start to switch off our busy minds? What What's the process so that we can really then sleep better as well and not put a toss and turn? What are some things that you can help us with today? One
0: of my favorite topics to talk about, um, because here's the thing, when I, I speak mostly to women, I would say 80% of people I speak to are women and 20% are men, mostly because men at this point still roll their eyes at me. They go, I got no time for this. They'll, get, they'll catch on. Um, what I hear is, here's how I wind out at night. I drink wine. Mm. That's normal. Um, and it's yummy. Um, I have a glass of, I have some ice cream or I maybe take a bath if I have time. But most people don't really have time to take a bath every night. And what's happening is and this used to be me, you know, we go, go, go at full speed all day. And mm-hmm. then we're exhausted, but we're wired, mm-hmm. right? You're just like, your body's just like enough already, but your mind is like, and this, and this, and this, and this, and making lists, and everything you think you didn't do for the day as well, mm-hmm. we're total high achievers. And so... I, what I realize is putting yourself horizontal in bed doesn't mean your mind knows it's time to wind down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's been going at full speed all day. So one, we need some sort of transition time. And for some people, that means, you know, turn down the TV and turn down the electronics and the noise, just basically turn down the stimulus. Mm-hmm. We've been stimulated at full max all day. Um, for some other people... They are really good. They do rituals. They put essential oils on, or they go cook, or there's a certain like ritual of transition, which your brain really needs to go. Oh, okay, we're doing this now, and it's got a different speed to it. And for most of us, what's happening is we've been in like such a high excitement level all day, which we needed to be. And that drive of the day Mm -hmm. is also excitement in our nervous system. So. I started experimenting, and what I realized is, do you do you relate to information overwhelm? <laughs> mm-hmm. You do, right? <laughs> Everyone does. There's just way too much going on every day in terms of what we have to process. So I was like, okay, my brain is information overload mode. Like, what do I have to do to empty some of the excess commentary that's happening? Mm-hmm. So I sat down and I practiced and I tried and I. And what what finally works, and works really well for people I work with, is I basically set a timer for seven minutes. No one asks me why, but it's the magic number. And you put two pieces of paper in front of you. One piece of paper is just like a mind dump. You just write and write and write anything and everything. It could be bullet points. It could be doodles. It doesn't matter. And the other piece of paper is things you have to remember. Very simple, just kind of like a running list. So, yeah, I forgot to buy milk. <gasps> Oops, I forgot to send that email. That, but separate it out. Your mind really, it, it can really do that very well. And you just give yourself to this process. You write and write and write. Mm-hmm. And what I say is imagine that we're a glass of water. Well, we're in overflow by the end of the day, completely in overflow. Anyone, anyone touches a glass of water and we're like explosive and mm-hmm. reactive and. And this exercise brings you down to at least
1: half the glass. Yes. Just and so seven bam. minutes per document uh, or seven minutes across both?
0: Seven minutes with both. So you you do it simultaneously. So just two pieces of paper. One is just like a trash can, quite yes. honestly. You just like this and that, and I didn't like this, and oh, the traffic was off. All, all the commentary, because the thing about it is we picked up, Extra information mm-hmm. that what our brain can actually process So I do that and then I follow that with only three minutes. That's all it takes of deep breathing exercise mm-hmm. And there's a lot of these that are guided you could do something on a YouTube channel You could do a body scan. You could do whatever deep breathing exercise that you want because Three minutes of deep breathing basically grabs your nervous system and it tells it. Oh, it's time to relax Thank you mm-hmm. But no need for wine, unless you want to, and no need for anything external. Your system actually knows how to shut itself back into relaxation mode, and it needs deep belly breaths. So I'll give you an example. When normally any session I teach, I say to people, take a deep breath, and they go like this. And they mm-hmm. raise their shoulders up, and the breath kind of comes up to the upper body because that's how tight we are. Yes. And the, the key here for the relaxation response is for the breath to go as deep down into the belly as you can. Mm-hmm. So I always, you know, and I teach this to 8-year-olds, and I teach it to 52-year-olds, is, like, fill up your belly like a beach ball and breathe slow and steady. into If you do that for three minutes, you'll be yawning and going, where's my bed? Yes. Really, and the mine is like la 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 la, slow like that. So that's my that's like my secret sauce in a way. I found it myself because I didn't want to keep drinking wine, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And also, wine is terrible for our sleep. Mm-hmm. It kind of relaxes us, but it also makes us wake up in the middle of the night and toss and turn and it dehydrates us. So it's really not actually a great sleep aid,
1: but that's where most people go. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great uh, tips. One of the things that I think um, is so important is for us to be intentional. And so when you first started doing that, it's just like with any habit, isn't it? When we are changing our behavior or action steps and this is to slow down to be intentional in writing our list did you find that it took a period of time for you to, to adjust to really get that focus and I'm asking that question because someone might do that once and then go all right didn't work for me but you need to be consistent with a lot of things that we're wanting to change habits for, for, for real empowerment for to real to lasting effect so how did that show up for you?
0: Oh, my goodness, completely. First of all, I think we have resistance to everything that's really good for us. <laughs> I can't be the only one, right? Like, yeah. Just eat mm-hmm. that salad or eat that yummy burger. Mm, I don't know, you know, so this is the same. We are as a society so primed for the quick fix, mm. and the band aid approach in a way, you know, whatever gets us really there quickly, and that we don't really have to do most of the work. And the truth is, it takes some conditioning and some mm-hmm. exercise, I would say, like exercising a new muscle with any habit, right? And so I always say to people, try it three times. Mm-hmm. If it, if the third time you're like, no, this isn't for me, great, right, then then let's try something different. But I always recommend, and I recommend that with anything that's new. You know, every time we're changing a habit, we just have so much resistance to putting in some work, quite yes. honestly.
1: Yeah, so very important. So definitely give it, um, give it time, give it patience and really set the intention because often too, and this is something that I'll find if I've already predetermined, well, I'm going to get stuck and this is not going to work for me that in the chatter can almost always. Um, jeopardize so you really need to because here's why what I've heard from many of the people who have been on Women in Leadership and even going back to when I started the show that if they didn't do something and and many of them didn't because they're high achievers they got to a stage where their bodies actually took control through life-threatening illnesses that if you don't do something practical steps to support you in being able to decompress and relax uh, and recuperate, then I'll take it in in our own, you know, in, in my own hands, and that's the feedback that I've got for many women, uh, particularly if they're working in a in a you know previously people have said too in a male-dominated industry. Men are wired differently, and we've got to realise that when we recognise some of these key things that are so important, we can be just as effective, just as productive, if not more so by really resting and and recuperating. I think it's, uh, it's so important. Let's talk about some practical ways that we can turn down the noise and be more present for ourselves and our loved ones. I think this is very important too, because often then it's about quality time, it's about quality focus that can generate the best results rather than again, stretching ourselves way too thin. What are some of these practical steps?
0: I love this, yes. And what you said about being present is so crucial. And I think um, at this point in time, women are more interested in that than men because there's just more permission and, I think, um, like rah-rah and recognition for men to drive hard. But the challenge with that for women is not just that it affects our health, but the truth is a lot of our wisdom comes from slowing down and listening to our intuition as Mm -hmm. women. We're very good in relationships, and there's a certain characteristic as a woman in leadership or not, just leading your family is also Mm -hmm. there. And when we don't find ways to decompress and slow down and be present, we miss out on that huge gift that we have. Mm -hmm. So when people tell me, I don't have time to do your wind-down thing, Grace, I go, you're going to have your yourself fully back when you do mm-hmm. and then you won't need so much time because you'll be more efficient so i wanted to say that so the 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 evening routine that i just described is one big one i hear a lot of times people write me back and they say oh my god i'm more present with my children when i do that mm-hmm. i wake up and i'm actually like ready for the day because i'm not carrying the stress of the last mm-hmm. day so when I speak of what to do, I'm talking about interrupting patterns, and I'm also talking about utilizing time that we already have that we are kind of checked out for. The mm-hmm. perfect example is when we're driving. What are most of us doing when we're driving? We're likely kind of thinking about something else and driving on autopilot. Yes. You know? And then there's either the radio or an audiobook, hopefully, or just some aspect of more input, more mm-hmm. stimuli. but we checked out. Most of us drive on autopilot. So I did another experiment and with a bunch of clients and myself, I said for the next 30 days, we turn off the radio, we turn off the thing. And if we need sound, because a lot of people are like, I can't do this. It's 45 minutes. I need something. I said, okay, let's go on instrumental music, but no ads, no advertisement and use that time to take deep breaths To focus on, for example, in the morning, on your way to work, to just go, okay, what's on my plate today? Or, okay, what is my priority today? Okay, and am I worried about something? Can I let it go? Like, literally walk ourselves through getting primed and set up for the day. Mm. And I use, for example, every time there's a red light, red signal on, on the stop sign, I go, five deep breaths. And guess what? Little by little, this becomes habit and then our nervous system is not in the exacerbated state it's actually pretty calm and we're in halfway through the glass instead of in the top of it so for example i that's the first thing i would always say if you have a long commute whether you take public transportation or you drive yourself either download something that is soothing to listen to take out the advertisement it is terrible for us just sensorial wise and then in the mornings, focus on the day ahead and how we want to show up, what are our true priorities, where could we maybe get derailed in distraction, like map it out. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, evaluate, you know, okay, what was good today? Hmm, mm-hmm. I just might remember these things. And where am I going now? Can I transition? I think that's one of the biggest things. We don't transition between things. We carry one thing into the other. And so we're rarely present. And we're full, full to the rim. So that's a big area where I say, you know, and
1: quite honestly, the number one practice is deep, deep breathing. Mm, Absolutely. And I think we don't breathe deeply enough, do we, in that – not enough oxygen into uh, our brain. And if we're always in that fight or flight mode or that stress mode, we can wear ourselves thin. And and sometimes I've been, my mind, and, and this, I don't know if this ever happens to you, Grace, you kind of wake up from a sleep and if you follow a thought down the rabbit hole, then it's kind of like, that's it, I'm awake now, I might as well get up. And then I have to watch some, you know, uh, mind numbing, reality tv show or something that doesn't get me thinking so that i can just okay enough with that i'm off to to sleep now but that really sometimes is defeating the purpose and that you fall into bed you're so exhausted you're not really um getting that sleep so these are such great and important uh, practical steps for us to to consider and implement what if you get to a stage, I mean, at the beginning of the call, you mentioned some events that happen to you, significant events that really do pull, um, you know, emotionally and, and physically and, and spiritually, all of that's so important to be able to have some strategies, coping strategies so that we can get through those really significant events that can often happen. If they happen all at the same time, it really can... If we, if we haven't got these practical steps in place, really derail us. So what are some things that perhaps you did or that you now recommend to clients if we find ourselves not only having to cope with the day-to-day our stresses, and some stresses can be good, but really significant events in our lives? What are some things that we can do?
0: Sure. I mean, there are, there are those transitions that... Hopefully, we don't have to go through all of them, but, you know, for example, the end of a significant relationship or somebody gets diagnosed with cancer, you know, th- there are some big, you know, bumps along the road, right? And for those kinds of things, we have to recognize that we have gone through a big bump along the road. I think one of the things I noticed, and this is completely leads to burnout, is There's this new thing added to our lives Let's say, oh, you know, somebody in my family, immediate family is very ill and I've taken on responsibility to assist, whether in time and energy or financially as well. Mm -hmm. And then to assume that life can just be pushed forward anyways. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the key, is to really recognize, oh, a new significant factor has been added onto my plate and there's this new thing to really manage. And actually look at it from the perspective of, I need to manage. And manage might look like, you know, for super achievers, high, high, you know, driven type A of us, we are not very good at asking for help. Mm. We're not. And we think, I got this. That's our our default. I got this. I always got this. So I got this now. And I think that one, that delays the process of getting through whatever the the situation is. Mm -hmm. And... To, it it takes a bigger toll on us than if we really could slow down enough and go. Wow, I wasn't seeing that. You know, I couldn't see this coming mm-hmm. because it's just the way it is. And what support do I need? Mm-hmm. Should I be talking to a therapist? Do I need a life coach right now? Do I need? Do I need to call my three best friends and let them know? Hey, listen, I'm in this, and I'm probably gonna need. SOS calls. Um, Do I need to set my family up? Do I need to set my community up and say I'm not so available right now? Mm -hmm. Boundaries are crucial when we've added to our plate. And I find that for most women all around the world, this seems to be true. We think that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. I should be able to do this all on my own. That's, you know. And then there's also, bound. I don't put boundaries. Like, no, I have to be available. And the combination of those two is really um, detrimental to our mental, emotional, and spiritual health, mm-hmm. and for sure physical. And that's how I see a lot of people drive themselves to the ground. And so mm-hmm. what I have found, not because I was so open to it from the get-go, but because I've been through it so many times, is the minute I ask for support, I'm gotten better at it. And then I also say to people who kind of depend on me, listen, I'm not at my best right now. I'm just not at my best, and I hope you're okay with that. Or sometimes I don't even say anymore, I hope you're okay. I just, I'm not at my best, I'm going through something. And it turns out that people really want to support us. Mm. They really want to care for us. And if we give them an opportunity, they're there in a heartbeat. I've never had a problem with a supervisor or a boss or an employee or a colleague ever. People are like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Of course, can I help? Mm. So I think that that for women is crucial because,
1: you know, the whole superwoman thing, it's got to go. It leads to burnout. Yeah, it does. It's -hmm. such a great reminder that, you know, often we think that we're the only ones that are experiencing those things and when we do go through something like that to be able to reach out and ask for support or maybe delay a few things that are on your to-do list to say you know what at the moment these things that i need to handle are taking on an ex you know extraordinary level of emotional um you, you know expectations from us because i don't think we realize that when we are uh, undergoing those things, they're chemical things that happen to us, and those chemical things, more adrenaline and, and all of that, they can, if we don't manage it, cause physical things to happen in us that can be detrimental for our health. So it's not because um, we, yeah, we just need to recognize that these things happen for both men and women, and you hear of men too, that can often lead to burnout. Uh, situations when uh, they don't put boundaries up they don't ask for help or they don't delay things on their calendar as they're experiencing those uh, yeah different things that go on grace this has been such an important uh, topic I think very very important because so often we just okay I can handle that I can handle that um, but unfortunately sometimes we really do need to t- take that step back and it's okay to do so. If someone's been listening today or watching today and they really can sense that, yes, there's a lot of things that are going on, I need to unpack this and I need the additional support to help me do that and then you know build it back up to a point that it is manageable and then I can see my way through, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Mm,
0: thank you for that. Um, sure. My website is BoostYourZen.com. It's as simple as it comes. And, um, you know, my work is all about, at this point, centered about helping women go through tough transitions. Yes. You know, build resilience and really get them right back up to where they feel very strong and ready to go. And I feel like there's a lot of people who go through that who don't necessarily need a therapist, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's a need for a container of support of I've got you. There's nothing wrong. And at the same time, I know that you, you're you managing quite a bit on your plate. And that's fine. And it doesn't change anything about you. So that's what I'm super passionate about. So BoostYourZen.com. And if they want to try out the evening routine, they can go to Boost Your Zen uh, forward slash sleep. And they'll get it there it's a recording of
1: me guiding them how to do it yeah fantastic look thank you so much it's an important message I think uh, as I said earlier you know for people who are ambitious and we do have a lot on our plate recognizing that you know that that all well, the saying you know you can have it all well maybe but at what price you know there are various seasons in our life situations that happen And when we're able to implement some of the key tools and practical steps that you shared, it means that whatever comes our way, we are able to breathe, take a step back, calm our mind before that inner chatter gets so loud that it impacts us negatively and, you know, continues to stop us from making good decisions, having conversations, putting up clear boundaries that we know are so very important. So thanks once again for coming on the show.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I loved our conversation.
1: You've been listening to Women in Leadership podcast, brought to you by movement.com. changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com that's be the Difference Movement.com.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.